everyone. Welcome to a new Waterwave TV interview. I'm with special guest Alexander Madison in the building today. The first ever athlete I've interviewed, beside professional athlete I've interviewed. I've interviewed some other athletes. Yeah. Happy to have you in here. The first, I love that. I mean, how you been? What, what was your day like? I know you had a pretty busy day today. Yeah, yeah, busy day. But I've been blessed. Um, got done shooting some stuff for Delta, so mm -hmm. that's always fun. Getting to do new opportunities, new stuff like that. Got to bounce around the city, see some different things. So it was pretty smooth. Had a good day, and then we're going to cap it off with a, with a good, you know, visit to Waterwave. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate you coming in here. Um, definitely got a lot of football stuff I want to ask you about because that's obviously your profession. But uh, I've, learned, I've grown to learn a lot more about you with working with Trayson yeah. and doing music and you got your own brand and stuff you're pushing. So we're going to have a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. Keep it a little bit short for the viewers out there. I know not everyone likes to listen to five-hour podcasts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anyway. um, but talk to me through uh, going through high school. How did you know that like football was your thing or how did football get brought into your life? Yeah, so my brother started playing when I was five. He started playing. I wasn't old enough to play. Mm -hmm. So I was playing soccer at the time and watching him play and just like, I don't know. Seeing seeing him in his uniform and everything made me want to play so much. So when I finally turned six and I was old enough to play, uh, I begged my parents to let me play. And um, once I started, once I got the ball in my hands, I was all she wrote. Fell in love with the game, and uh, it was the, the the best thing I could have ever done for my life is, mm -hmm. is to grab that football. But it was one of those things I, I used to just dream about being in this position one day. And mm -hmm. so to be here now is just a, it's an extreme blessing. Troy Palomalo was my big inspiration when I was younger and why I wanted to get to the league, seeing him. And then I started to just cling on to some players like Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, Jamal Charles. And those were really the backs that I watched and tried to shape my game after. And so when I got to high school and it got real, uh, I knew I had an opportunity to make my dreams a reality when I got my first offer to Washington. It rolled in December of my uh junior year junior high school got my first offer from washington mm -hmm. and then that's when everything kind of turned turned mm -hmm. tables everything got real and yeah cranked it up and fast forward here i am what was some of the biggest struggles going through high school because i know we i what, you graduated 2016 yeah so i graduated 2017 so i kind of understand maybe what was going on during that time with like social media becoming a thing now mm -hmm. and um, obviously trying to balance that with playing sports and being good in school. Did you have like any big uh, hurdles that you had to overcome while go being a high school athlete, doing good in school, maybe social media pressure? I don't know, back then it wasn't like, there wasn't too many famous people on social yeah. media yet, but and it was a new thing still at the time. But Yeah, I mean, for me, it was one of those things you start seeing these, uh, that was a time there was people like, um, who was around that time doing some crazy? There was some kids doing some crazy offer videos mm. where they're like, you know, sitting, the pictures are sitting in their bathtub with full of offers. They're doing these committing videos where they're like walking through the city and it's their back life story. And they're like, I'm for the next four years, I'm playing and so and so. And those type of things you start to see, it's like, damn. And you don't have an offer yet. And, you know, you're going off and you're doing everything you can, you're working hard. Um, I was really big into school as far as like my priorities were set. I had a 4.6 GPA, wow. so like I, w I didn't play around with that either. That's so wait, because you take what the advanced like the yeah, AP so classes? like AP classes, wow. honors I even, classes. I didn't they, even know you could get above a four. That's yeah, good. they let you get yeah. to like a 5.0. So I, I had a you know 
I ha- I had that pressure there where it was like, man, like, can I like can something get going? I'm, I'm trying to chase this dream, but mm-hmm. I'm in the right right spot. There was that pressure of uh, that was a time too where a lot of people were transferring. Mm-hmm. That's when it st- I think around that time it started to kind of like get big where kids were just transferring to modern day and these big school servite and stuff down in SoCal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had Santa Margarita. They came and talked to me at a camp, and they're like, "Yo, like we we can give you financial aid. You can come out. We'll put you in a, a house with a family, and you know you can come out and play for us." They played in the big one. You know they play on ESPN and all that. And it was yeah. like, "Damn, do I do this?" And this was my sophomore year, but I had a moment where I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna stay here." And Inky Johnson, he had a little video that I saw. He said. He owed it to himself to leave that place better than he found it. So he had one of those stories where he didn't transfer out. And I was like, you know what? That's my mindset. I'm going to just stay true to who I am, stay true to the city that raised me and made me who I am. And uh, I had a coach tell me, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when it happened, it was a blessing. But it definitely was some pressure from that social media side where, like, I start seeing these kids get these offers, hella offers yeah. all over the place. And doing these uh, commitment videos, and I was just like, "Damn, like, what am I doing wrong?" Mm-hmm. And then they started to roll in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you end up choosing Boise State? Do you have? I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of reasons, yeah. but like at least one to share, like one b- big reason why you chose that one. Um, I think playing on the blue field would be pretty cool. Yeah, that was one of the things I saw. I was like Boise State. Like, I had to look into them a little bit more because I always just saw them on. Like, playing NCAA, mm-hmm. I would always choose Boise State to play on the blue field just because, mm-hmm. like, no matter what team I'm playing, I'm choosing that stadium just to play on it. Yeah. Or the Oregon Stadium or something just because, like, how nice it was on the yeah. game. And so when I find, when I got that offer, I was like, damn, like, the, the blue field, this is the blue field. Mm-hmm. And I did my research, and they were the winningest program. I mean, even now, I think they're second now um, to Ohio State, but the winning winningest program in the 2000s. Wow. And so it was a great program. And then I got to do a camp with the coaches. That was one thing that pulled me in. Got okay. to do a camp with the coaches. Vibe was amazing. Mm-hmm. They were invested in me. They came out to see me like three different times and did a home visit. So like I just felt the love. Yeah. And it was a great position for me to be into. The yeah. starter was, he, did, he wasn't a school guy. Um, That's what the coach told me at the time. He's like, he's not a school guy. He's going to leave after this next year. And then after that, if you do what you're supposed to, the backfield's yours. Nice. So, yeah, that's what kind of drew me in. Speaking of uh, playing NCAA, uh, uh, making it to the league, become, getting drafted, uh, what was it like, obviously, getting drafted? But one big thing I want to know is, like, the first time you played Madden, since yeah. we're on the topic a little bit, and senior, you got to play with yourself on yeah. Madden. Was that, like, fun for you? That was crazy. You played video games? At first, when I saw it, I was like, damn, 68? <laughs> I think I was like 68. Overall from being drafted? Yeah, I think I was usually like, don't give too much love to, yeah, the, to the fresh rookies. You don't get you don't get a lot of love as a rookie, but um, it was crazy, you know, to see my face. Because, you know, they do the – we at the Combine, we did our face scans. Mm-hmm. So they try and make the player look like you. And then, like, on your player card, it's your actual, like, Combine photo. Uh, now it's my Vikings photo that, they you know, they update it every year. But mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, dang. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is like what I've dreamt of since I was a kid. It's like, you know, being in a video game, game, being in Madden. And so, yeah, it was it was crazy. 
How about okay? So let's talk about getting. Let's talk about getting drafted. Just the idea of getting drafted the league. I'm sure that was a dream of yours forever as well, right? Yeah. No, it was crazy. You know, you see how the draft goes. You want to see your name come across the bottom mm -hmm. of the screen. You don't know how it really goes. So the the way that it goes is you get the call and stuff a few picks ahead. Mm -hmm. And so now they're starting to show videos of that. But like when I I didn't I didn't know that like they call you, they talk to you. And then you have a moment to celebrate with the family and everything. And then you guys sit down and watch them call your actual name. Mm -hmm. So, like, I got the call. I was sitting there. I remember sitting on the couch. Got a call. And it was down to the wire because the teams that we knew could pick me, pick somebody else, or trade it out of the round. And so I thought all the teams were gone. And then I start seeing, I see a number, my phone's vibrating. And this was one of my things that I said from the jump was like, if anyone calls my phone, I'm gonna be pissed mm -hmm. because like, don't call me today. Yeah. And so I pulled it out and it was a 612 Minnesota number. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so my bad, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I picked it up and it was just like, everybody, it was quiet, but for some reason I couldn't hear. So I had to like get up off the couch and go like walk down the hallway it was crazy. It was some cool pictures of like me and my mom, like just like looking at me, answer the phone, and it was just crazy when they said, "Hey, how's it going?" It's Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Who was it on the phone? Uh, the first, the first person I heard on the phone was uh, Rick Spillman. Mm. Yeah, it was Rick Spillman. Like, what did he say? Something like, "Are you ready to be Minnesota Vikings?" It was one of the yeah. Hey, it's Rick Spillman here, Minnesota Vikings, man. Yeah. Think very highly, highly of you. We're gonna take you here. You ready to come to Minnesota? Be a Viking, yeah. and it was just like, man. But did you what? did you expect it to go to get drafted in the third round? Were you expected no. to go high? Did you expect it to get drafted at all? Like, what what, what was your mindset going into the draft that night? It was that it was in a scramble, honestly, because I had created a, a good amount of buzz for myself throughout mm -hmm. the process, just like doing interviews. Um, I did I tested pretty well. Uh, my forty wasn't all that great, but like that not like. Maurice Jones, Drew, and the guys that were covering it, they had a lot of great things to say about me yeah. um, regardless. So, like, that helped out a lot that, you know, people thought highly of me. But coming out, I had, like, fifth-round grade, great free agent. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of different stuff, so I didn't know where I was going to go at. Yeah. My agent told me that morning. He called me. He said, hey, look, so it looks like uh, your chances of going in the third round today are like 20 percent mm. and the teams that could take you were green bay and i think minnesota was the other one that he said and i was like weird because i haven't talked to neither one of those teams yeah. up until this point but i told him i said you know what they told me every time i went to a football camp every time i took a knee uh after a, a hard practice as a kid they told me it was a one percent chance that i'd make it so mm. i'll take the 20. take the 20. Man. and the last pick of the third it happened. It happened. Yeah. I mean, that's dope. are you happy it was Minnesota and not Green Bay? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would. I'd be sick to my stomach. I honestly, <laughs> dreams would come true. Dreams would come true. You know, I would love to be you know in the NFL, but like, even just going there to play for away games, I'm like, yo, I don't know how these players I'd say do it. Being having home games at US Bank Stadium is probably a little more enjoyable than yeah. Like, even though the history over there, but the weather during the winter. Horrible. I played football and playing outdoors in the cold was one of the main reasons why I didn't want to play. Anymore. Yeah. Because that practice in the cold, man, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I obviously didn't have it in me. I wasn't going to the league. I knew that early, so I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's too cold. Um, it let's, yeah, let's talk about life in Minnesota then. So you got drafted the Vikings. You've been here your whole career. 
Um, do you enjoy Minneapolis or uh, like kind of like living the Minnesota lifestyle? Is it something you enjoy? But you've been here for four years now. Yeah, four going on five. Um, yeah, I love it. Besides the snow, mm -hmm. I love it. Besides the freezing cold, I'm from California, mm -hmm. so of course I want it to be warm all the time. But yeah. I mean, it, I love it. It's beautiful here. Uh, Minnesota, nice. That, mm -hmm. that term is, yeah. is real. Yeah, I never thought like sometimes I'd be like. Is this like especially when you're real? on the football team for the like they're gonna show you extra love? Too, yeah, so it's yeah. Like nice love on top of the nice. Yeah, so. yeah. I think people show a lot of love out here. I love it. Um, it's it's way it's it's popping out here. Yeah. It's way more to it than I would have ever imagined. I never really looked into Minnesota. Never knew anything about like Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, just the history of it in itself underrated. is something that just kind of one of them underrated cities for yeah sure. like yeah. the big cities you think of in every state I'm definitely yeah. not like in that top 10 that people like think of but yeah but i, I would put going on. I, I would say top 10 though like yeah like top when you think about it 10 cities in the united states like, yeah up to like live in be at have a good time i peeped um i didn't know a lot of people like when they go on tour minneapolis is like on their tour list yeah it's, a lot of times it's their first stop i don't know if it's i think I think Minneapolis, uh, they come out a lot for for touring artists, and yeah. it's like something that uh, it's like hit or miss with like how how much advancement our local music scene has been able to make mm -hmm. out here. Um, I think a lot of there's certain genres that have flourished, but like hip hop, for example, doesn't necessarily flourish super hard in Minnesota. But when a touring artist that's hip hop comes to Minnesota, it sells, sells out for out. the most part, unless they're trying to do a little too much. I know some artists could cancel that, like Target Center and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Trying to do super big shows. But the Armory size events, they're always selling out First Ave, Skyways. But it's a little bit different with the local scene. But yeah, Minneapolis is a slept on for everything. Yeah. Slept on for everything. Food, all that. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Vikings football then. Now, recently, obviously, Delvin Cook isn't on the team anymore. You're uh, going to be the starting running back, RB1. Yeah. Uh, taking on a new role, new contract. Do you feel uh, New Jersey's going to the year? You got a fresh, yeah. fresh look, fresh Vintage. feel, new team coming in. Uh, what how how has it been knowing that you're about to be RB one for the best team in the NFC now? Um, it's weird because like mm -hmm. I feel like even for myself, along with like how other people see it, like you would expect it to be something that kind of like makes you feel a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I think I just prepared for so long you know that saying stay ready so you don't got to get ready yeah i think i've stayed ready for so long that this opportunity in front of me doesn't like add any extra pressure pressure it doesn't like scare me it doesn't like i'm just ready to get after it ready yeah. to go it's, it's about that time that like i can mm -hmm. finally be in a position where i get the respect that you know i potentially deserve yeah. so I'm just ready. It's a great opportunity. I'm happy to be in a position where, you know, I have a great organization I'm playing for. Mm -hmm. I have an amazing locker room of guys that I'm able to share with. And then just my support system on top of that. So, like, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I'm blessed regardless. Yeah. And I'm, I think that helps me take the pressure off to just go out there and do what I do. Mm -hmm. What was it like, like, playing side-by-side -side Delvin Cook? Like, coming in as a rookie, having yeah. to be, like, kind of like, you know, the guy that you're probably – you know, working behind, learning a lot from at the mm -hmm. beginning. Like, what was it like being, you know, RB1, RB2 with him? It was fun. Every, I mean, every day. Like, I was blessed to come into a situation where, like, it wasn't no type of animosity. It wasn't, mm -hmm. like, any type of 
you know, this guy's trying to take my spot. He told me straight up, said, mm -hmm. do whatever you can to take my spot. Yeah. I want you to try and take my spot. And if you beat me out, best man wins. Like, I'm proud of you for it. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I, I wouldn't expect nobody to ever just, like, talk to me like that. As a rookie, like, I step in the building and you show me love. Yeah. You take me under your wing. And so, yeah, that's my brother, man. He, he really is. Um, and it, it was just a, a blessing to be able to be in, in the same backfield with him for four years. Yeah. I know Minnesota loves their running backs. Ever since Adrian Peterson held it down for yeah. us for so long, yeah. definitely been good to have like a consistent running back that we can count on. Being a Vikings fan my whole life, definitely always been nice to have a good running back in the backfield. Yeah. And definitely like... Gay, like you and Cook were like a really good duo, but you were showing signs that if if you weren't going to take over the job next year, you could do this somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You were a lead back, like you were good. every time you win in the game. It's not like oh, you know, we got our backup and our RB twos in because yeah. we need to break. Like there was never a fall off, and I, you know, I'm excited to see you start this year and play most downs or however that. however the playbook looks yeah. for y'all. I don't know exactly how it's going to look and work. Yeah. Um, but what uh, so. How about let's let's talk about the overall running backs in in the league. I know there's been a lot of talk about running backs aren't getting paid enough right now. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of true. It's weird because like you know a lot of wide receivers are getting really big bags. Obviously, quarterbacks are getting big bags. Even some tight ends are starting to get paid get really bags, well. But like, yeah. it seems like the running back pay has always has just been like on a decline the past yeah. you know five ten years. Um, do you think do, is, do you know like maybe like why there's a stigma behind running backs not getting paid as much recently? Honestly. I think there's that whole, you know, shelf life of a running back. True. I mean, it's gone down. It was like three to four. Now it's like two and a half to three. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that plays a role. I think with the cap space, they can only pay so many players. So they have to pick and choose. Like, are we going to play? So we're going to pay our quarterback. Mm -hmm. If we have a star receiver, we're going to pay our star receiver. And then you look at, like, the D-line or corner. Like, you got to have one defensive all-star that you pay. Yeah. And then after that, it's kind of like whatever we have left, we have to make the best of our team. Yeah. And I think we get the short end of the stick on that because yeah. I think we're being undervalued for what we bring to yeah. a team. In the run game, in the pass game, both, mm -hmm. like, out the backfield and protecting the quarterback. Yeah. It's just a lot that a running back can do. And then if you look at some of these special team units, running backs are running down the field on kickoff, mm -hmm. punt, punt. Like running backs are, 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 you know, out there on the field. I remember my rookie year, uh, Matt Breida, Mostert, and I think Jeff Wilson maybe, were all on kickoff. Mm -hmm. All three of them lined up. This is a playoff game. My rookie year, second round. And I looked over. I, me and CJ looked at each other. We said, all three, the, the starting, the backup, and the third string, all three of them are running down on kickoff. And, like, if you're going to use a back like that, like, the, you're showing right there in that instance how valuable a running back is mm -hmm. to a team just from a whole standpoint. So I think definitely, like, there needs to be some respect put on it. Yeah. You look at guys like Saquon deserves a bag. Josh Jacobs deserves a bag. You know, these these backs that are getting franchise tags, it's, it's a sad reality that they can't lock up some financial freedom, financial yeah. stability for their families and like, the work that they've done. Yeah, the league has like has shifted because I feel like running backs used to get bigger bags, right? Yeah. Like back when like we were like in the Adrian Peterson era, like stuff like that. But mm -hmm. now it's 
you know, became a lot more pass, pass first. Heavy. But it's not like running backs aren't being used in the pass game. Yeah. Even more now, too, because yeah. it's pass heavy. I do think, like, and even having that dual threat where you can catch passes out the backfield and, or pass block. But it's still, yeah. you know, even with that, it's definitely a little bit a little bit lower. But, yeah, it's yeah. it makes sense. Like, uh, or your take makes sense. Like, uh, and I definitely, definitely think they deserve a little bit more. It's one of the most important positions. Would you say yeah. that a running back's like, or what, what position is the most, do you have to be the most athletic to play? Oh, like, honestly. Most yeah, like hardest position to play in the field or like most athletic. I don't know the, how to word the question. Like, what do you think the hardest Honestly, position? maybe a DB. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, a corner. I, I was thinking DB or corner too because a corner. you don't, don't know where they're going to go. You're literally yeah. playing off of someone else's movement. You have to literally run as fast as this person's running backwards yeah and then you don't know his route so if he's doing all this you have to stay in front of him or get your ankles broke so i think i give them a lot of credit their hips are amazing fast where i don't give them all that credit is with their hands their hands aren't the best but if they're yeah what what do they call dbs or just wide receivers that couldn't catch yeah basically when i was like in high school like if you were a wide receiver but you couldn't catch db and yeah. so, yeah, I, I think I give those guys a lot of credit because it definitely is hard. I see, I see JJ run routes every day. To stay in front of him, to guard him, you got to be athletic yeah. as hell. Yeah, I know. That doesn't, honestly, I, I, I never played defense when I played football because I just knew one, I was never good at tackling. Yeah. Two, I was never, the, I just couldn't keep, play DB. So I wasn't good at it. But <laughs> uh, let's, 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 uh, a couple of fun questions. Uh, who, who's some of the, like, the hardest hitting people in the NFL that you've had to go against? Ooh. Hardest hitting. Yeah. Hard, even like hardest hitting, um, hardest to break a tackle off of. Like, some of so, just, like, those defenders that are just next level. Aaron Donald. Mm. For sure. What was feel what does it feel like him to land on your body he is strong pause. he is yeah pause. he's strong as hell uh i was running and he grabbed me by my collar not even my collar like the front of my jersey yeah and i usually like if i feel like a hand or something i kind of give it a swipe and like try and bounce out mm-hmm. and it didn't go anywhere and i didn't go anywhere and i just gave up i said yeah mm-hmm. this is one of the moments where i know i'm not even gonna all try his praise, this. all his praise and awards were or worth it yeah yeah i was like yeah i'm not about to get hurt trying to break his tackle mm-hmm. uh he's definitely one of those guys super strong great grip um who else i would say a hard hitter to davion Clowney, he he kind of brings it he does he got me good my second year i think mm. he uh yeah he, he got it to him he got that to him do you think if if me and you lined up between the tackles and I had 50 chances to tackle you, fully padded up. 50. 50 chances. Do you think I get one? <laughs> Out of 50, it depends. It depends. It's not hard. Um, it's hard to tackle, but it's not that hard to tackle. Because if I put everything into running you over and like you trip me up, yeah. you got the tackle, you know? So I think you get out of fifty, you get you get one. You, you at least one? you at least get one. What do you think? It's harder to tackle. Let's say, do you think it would be harder to tackle the best running back at his peak of all time, or to play like let's say Michael Jordan or LeBron James one on one, or whoever Kobe one on one, whoever's the best one on one player? Like, is it harder to tackle? What would be harder, playing Kobe one on one or tackling 
let's say Damn. like Adrian Peterson or Sean Alexander. Yeah, up no, the middle. no. What do you Kobe, think? Kobe. Because, and I say that because you can dive at my legs, mm -hmm. and there's a fifty-fifty chance I stay up, depending mm -hmm. on where your body position is True. at. But stopping Kobe from but scoring. But stopping Kobe one. from scoring is probably not happening. Out of fifty times, you I don't know. You, the only time you get one is if he misses, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's on him. I think. So I think any one of those, LeBron, Kobe, mm -hmm. MJ, like those are way harder than tackling an RB. How's a what's a trash talking like in the NFL? Uh, is it, is it worse in college? <laughs> is it worse in college? Is yeah. It, so. Um. No, actually, it depends. Receivers and DBs, they get after it. Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, the interior is not too crazy. Because for one, I don't know. I don't try and make defenders mad. I don't like to try and make backers yeah. or D linemen mad because Motivate them even more. Kirk got to pay for that. Yeah. And and then I also have to deal with like the extra mm -hmm. when I'm getting tackled too. So there's that part of it. You got to kind of play the game within the game. Yeah. But there's some guys that like some backers, I think, some linebackers. There's a couple, and then the DBs, they really talk a lot. Mm -hmm. But I say, yeah, it's definitely more than college because you can, you can, you know, you'd have made it. You can get away with a little bit more. Like yeah, you can get away with like more. swearing or like yeah. on some weird, on some shit like that. They let it fly a little bit more. Yeah. What's your, I know, uh, let's, uh, since you said, brought up Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of slander, I think, just throughout the league, not being good at prime time or never can come up clutch you know yeah. like what it what's what's your take on Kirk Cousins I know you guys definitely work together a lot yeah and talk a lot so yeah that's my dog that's my guy man he he's a one-of-a-kind dude mm -hmm. um he inspires me to be a better husband be a better better father better brother better like everything outside of football like even a better player but like if we separate from football He's that type of person. I have that type of impact on your mm -hmm. life to just inspire you to be better, and that's that's all you could ask for mm -hmm. in somebody that's you know the leader of your your team, the leader mm -hmm. of your offense. And yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for real. What's your life? So, what's your life like outside of football? Not necessarily. I mean, the off season as well, like kind of how you spend your time in the off season. But before that, like during the football season, like when you're going home or even like during camp, like mm -hmm. like uh, I know you got a camp, you're doing a camp at Boise State this weekend for your brand. Yeah. Um, but like what's what's Alexander Madison's life besides being a football player? Like what, what do you enjoy doing? What do you do? What are yeah. your obligations? Stuff like that. I'm really a family man. Um, okay. I like doing family stuff. Anything we can do together, go bowling, go to the park, go out to eat. You know, spend some time, do play some board games, all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. I love to do. It's a lot of uh, the way I was raised. I think is mm -hmm. is a part of why I like to do a lot of stuff with my family. Um, and then you know, spending time. I, I have a ten month old daughter now, so mm -hmm. spend a lot of time with her and my wife, and just like watching her grow is just like the biggest blessing, mm -hmm. right? Happening in front of my eyes. So I do a lot of that. And then outside of uh, family time, man, some of my hobbies. So getting into music, yeah. uh, make music. My cousin was a big inspiration on that, making music. Um, then like my foundation, my brand, got into the space of, of trying to come up with some designs and doing all that myself. So like mm -hmm. in, within the clothing realm, I'm, I'm stepping that up a little bit with my brand mm -hmm. and then my fan, foundation, giving back. Mm -hmm. Love to be able to give back and provide some something that I didn't have when I was growing up. So yeah, yeah I do a lot of different stuff. 
Yeah. Well, speak on like the I am gifted brand a little bit. Yeah. It's like to help like spread awareness for mental mental health, right? Yeah. And raise money and whatnot for that. Like, what? Explain that brand a little bit more to me. Yeah. So my brand, I am gifted. Uh, it was born off the the basis of my struggle, my journey uh, with mental health in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hit a wall. I was going through a rough time. Um, seemed like nothing can go my way. Nothing can go right. So. Um, during that time, there was someone that committed suicide that were, uh, played for another team. He was also from Southern California, and uh, he was, you know, projected to be, you know, one of those first-round guys and everything, you know. And so seeing that happen, I understood that, you know, I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the knowledge of what mental health was, mm-hmm. but I was going through so much that I was ready to walk away from football. But the fact that he walked away from life... Like, I couldn't comprehend how that happened. Mm-hmm. I couldn't comprehend how someone I was going through something either similar, worse than, or not as wor- not as bad as me um, could do that. Yeah. So that's where I really took my mental health journey uh, seriously. Started to research, started to learn more about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, here I, I came two years into the league, and I wanted my brand to mean something more than just Alexander Madison merchandise or anything yeah. like that, but more of a movement. So... Mm-hmm. It was born uh, with the concept that everyone was born with a gift, and we just have to find it, embrace it, and use it to shed some light in the world. So, you know, what you do, the gift mm-hmm. that you have to be able to, you know, bring us together and have yeah. a platform like this where we can talk to, like, your gift was to do that. Your gift was to bring people this, Waterwave, Waterwave yeah. TV. So, like, I believe that everyone has a gift. We just have to find it and then use it the right way. So. Yeah. That's what we do. We do a lot of giving back so that we can spread the mental health awareness, but also provide some dream chasing opportunities for yeah. the loot, for the youth. And um, yeah, just spreading that message, spreading that love and positivity in the world. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and obviously like you talking about like, you know, spreading the positivity and showing the love, like even coming here and doing this interview is like huge, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not every day that like an up and coming like independent media brand can interview someone, you know, a, a professional athlete, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not <laughs> as easy to get in contact or even like, like you getting in the music scene, working with Trayson, like that was super fire. Uh, but I kind of want to, I kind of want to, uh, talk a little bit about the music video you have coming with Trayson. Oh, well, there's a little car people won't be going that long. Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to hear it. We can mask it out a little bit. Oh, there it goes. Uh, but yeah, you and Trayson, Trayson Green got a song, Gone, and a music video coming. And I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, he makes music? I was saying he yeah. makes music? Uh, but yeah, how did how did you like, get like, hear of Trayson Green? Or like, what was what was that connection like in making the song? And yeah. Like, how did you guys start that? Um, I think we connected. He was just showing me some love, um, and I peeped his music. And then we just was able, through social media, we were able to connect mm-hmm. and show love. And it was just one of those things, you know, you know, good people, good souls, and good hearts when you mm-hmm. meet them and when you just get that vibe from them. And he has that. So, like, it was immediate click. Mm-hmm. And um, on the music scene, music part of it, it was just... I think we I was supposed to do a feature for him a while back mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to get to it. And so man, I was I was like, damn, I was supposed to get on this, I was supposed to get on this, get on this. And um I wasn't able to just kind of moving around and like my studio equipment, I don't think I had it with me. And so we finally were able to circle back. He said he had a track and I was like, bet, I got you. Send me it. I'm a, I'm gonna do it tonight. And so it was pretty quick turnaround where we were able to hop on it. And honestly, like when you think about it, like sometimes, like you can feel when something clicks, you can feel what somebody 
has something that resonates with you. And mm. I think that's what this track was. It was something that like, I could feel that. I feel your pain. I feel you, mm. your vibe. I feel everything. And yeah, we were able to make some magic. And so I'm excited. Yeah. Have you, uh, how, how much have you done with your music side? Like, is it more of like a hobby? Obviously you are like a professional athlete. So that's, yeah. probably, that's number one priority, I'm sure. Yeah. But is music something you've always wanted to try? Is it something you would like to monetize off and make like money off one day? Or is it straight just like, I'm gonna do this for fun and it's just out there? Honestly, I do it for fun. Okay. And whatever comes with it, comes with it. Like just mm -hmm. the opportunity to con connect and, and, and do stuff like that. Like with such an awesome artist as Trace. And like, mm -hmm. when you look at like being able to connect with talented people like that, came through just a hobby, came mm -hmm. through just therapy. Cause I use music as therapy really. Um, my cousin put me on Cam. He's a young up and coming artist as well that just mm -hmm. like is on the grind right now, trying to pop on the scene. And uh, I remember it was after my first year in the league. He was about to turn 18, and uh, he wanted to go to the studio. So we, I took him to the studio. He started recording and then asked me to hop on the track, and I was like, "All right." And uh, it was like, okay, this is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And so, like, after doing some stuff, I doing a couple features for him. Uh, I got into it. We we have a, a friend that does his home studio out of his crib. And so I asked him, like, what do I need? What's the stuff I need for it when COVID hit? Mm -hmm. And so picked up a new hobby, learned how to mix and master, nice. um, self-engineer, play with Pro Tools. And so here it is. Now I, I you know, just make music. Uh, I'll put it out. Um, I don't really do too much I don't, I'm not the guy to like hop on a stage or anything I've yeah. done like a, I think maybe two with my cousin um, performances yeah but nothing big or anything like that because I'm like yeah that, that's just not me like yeah. you said football is the main thing but honestly I wouldn't mind if if uh, music led me to some other opportunities mm -hmm. um, so yeah I mean we just started I am gifted ENT so that's just like Honestly, I just signed my little cousin to a little little deal to try and help get him going. Yeah. Um, so if that is able, you know, a, a, a alley that I can go down um, as it, you know, potentially gets bigger, then I wouldn't Some be type opposed of to it. Music yeah. Entertainment industry. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, music is really therapy. You know, it's a way for me to kind of just get away. I can tap in, get in the mm -hmm. studio, and just like. What yeah? What type of music in. are you listening to on most game days to get you ready for a game? Game days. I get a little, I get a little toxic. I, uh, <laughs> I throw on some, some good like Dirk, uh, Huncho. Um, I get some good, some good like. I might, I might have a couple King Von songs on there. Mm -hmm. Some like, nitty gritty stuff. A little bit of SoCal vibes on there too. Throw on some like Compton AV. Okay. Is there, is there any players that would that? Are good at rapping on the team that don't necessarily make music, but are you at, like, is there freestyle sessions in the locker room? <laughs> is there anything going on like that? Um, there were some guys that came through that made music. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, he used to always like talk about how his music is, but he don't release nothing, mm -hmm. so there's no proof that he's actually good at music. Mm -hmm. But then he had one track, and he played it on the speakers one time for like thirty seconds. It's like that's all y'all get, and I'm like, you said like two words <laughs> you didn't even let it play through mm -hmm. so i don't i still don't know to this day how good he is at music i know some of the wide receivers vouch for him is like yeah he played it he actually was fire mm -hmm. but i don't know if there's anybody um tay gowan one of our uh dbs i think has played with the studio a little bit but yeah i'm not sure mm -hmm. i'm not sure who else makes music or or is capable of doing so we probably got to 
You got to do one of those. Yeah, see who's like the best. If anyone else got bars, yeah. <laughs> um, assuming the Vikings win the 2023-2024 Super Bowl, bring home the first Super Bowl ever to Minnesota. What's what is the and it's it's let's say when we, when we come back to Minneapolis, obviously that night, whoever it's whatever city. What city is it in this year? Is it in Vegas? Vegas. So Vegas is here. Are right, in Vegas? You're gonna have a good night, obviously that night. But if uh, actually, yeah, that's the first. If you're in Vegas that night, what is the plan? You win Super Bowl night. Like, what is your first? Like, are you popping bottles in the club? Are you you going home to the family? Going straight to bed? Like, like what? You going out to eat? Like, what is the what? What's the plan after you guys win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I mean, I wish, I wish I could say, I wish I could have that excited story of like, yeah, we're going crazy. Mm-hmm. In the club, but I, I don't. I don't drink. I don't go to clubs or nothing. So I'm gonna be right at the crib with the family mm-hmm. celebrating, um, which also could be an epic scene too. We we have a lot yeah. of fun. Like my family, we so honestly could family, have a get TV together, show, family cookouts, all that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, be like, is honestly, I don't like to go to the clubs like that either. So yeah, like that type of stuff is like usually it's a vibe. Yeah, and I think honestly, like if like if you met my brother, my my dad, and my family, like my cousins, like you would. You would see, like, we really could have a TV show that's just, like, almost as good as Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not as much money there, but it's a lot of fun (laughs) and excitement and and a lot of good vibes. So I think that would be the vibe, man. We'd have a good time, and, yeah, it would be a dream come true for sure. One thing I wanted to bring up while we were talking about um, the season in Vikings football was the, the touchdown celebration you did that went kind of viral. You faked the hammy pull, started twerking, and they fined you 6,500. I don't know what you're talking about. I remember remember you spoke out about it a little bit. Like, obviously they were using it as, like, something to post about and laugh about, and then they hit you with a fine because it's like, I could see if they they didn't, if they never posted it and, like, were, like, spamming it everywhere on socials, like, look at this funny celebration. Yeah. And they were, like, fading it. Like, it's like this, we don't stand by this, but they were posting it a bunch and then hit you with a fine. But, like, what was it? I guess, is is that the only fine you've ever gotten? From the league for like something like that, um, because like, I, I just feel like giving out fines is like a serious thing. But like I think I got a warning one time for like leading with your helmet. Uh, they used to give. I laid a guy out, and they tried to say like they send you the clips of everything, and it was like, come on now. But it was just a warning. Yeah. Other than that, I haven't yeah. gotten a fine from through, the league. Yeah, that touchdown celebration choice. Where you did you practice it like the night before? <laughs> like was there did you, were, or was it like spur of the moment? Was it like what? Yeah, uh, disclaimer. What I for sure I did not practice that. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never did that before uh, doing it on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw it on social media. I saw it on TikTok. There's a team called like the Bananas or something like that. It's a baseball league yeah, that does, that. like, funny, funny stuff, stuff yeah. all the time. And I saw them do it where, like, he did it to home plate and the team was going crazy. And I locked it in the arsenal for, like, five weeks. I had it ready to go. And I just didn't – I think I might have scored. And it was just, like, a weird moment where I couldn't do it or I didn't think of it. And then other than that, I just didn't score within those five weeks to be, like, you know, to go do it. Mm-hmm. So when it happened, I scored – and I turned around, and, like, the closest person I saw was, like, KJ probably 10 yards away or something. And I just grabbed the hammy. And once I grabbed the hammy, I had to go through with it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I didn't know how what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I just did it. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. They tried to find me after. Yeah. I thought I was good because a week went by, and I was good. I was solid. Didn't have a letter or nothing. And then that. Uh, next day, I got the letter. My agent hit me up like, nah, this is bull. 
we're gonna appeal this. It's a whole like kind of like a court process where you have to like talk to them. Yeah, you have to talk to them, explain like why you did it, why you don't think you should be fined and all that. But they shared it across their social media. I think they got over five point six um um, a 5.6 count of fan engagement on the video throughout their social platforms and they've created a little side-by-side of a, a, a woman doing it in uh, women's soccer as well so it was just crazy that they were able to yeah. use all that and then They're try promoting and find it me. but they want to find you for yeah it. so i did get my money back okay they find me but i got my money back we got the appeal so we're good. Are we going to see the return of that? that no. Of that that's, de- <laughs> that's definitely dead, but there's going to be a lot more fun, uh, fun, funny celebrations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, you, do you, you think you'll come out with like a signature one? Obviously, Justin Jefferson kind of did the gritty and yeah. turned that into a whole phenomenon of everybody doing um, it. See, like in college, I had the salute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kind of like, made it a thing when I got to college, but then when I got to the league, I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, carry that on. But I think I carry around my spirit animal of a gorilla. Okay. And I've done a, a few times of like the banging on the chest. So maybe that becomes a little bit of a of a signature that maybe the fans, everyone can join me mm-hmm. and banging on the chest when I do something. So I think maybe that one, we'll see. Okay. I think this will help, you know, preview yeah. let you guys know go ahead and start banging on your chest when you see me running the end zone <laughs> okay let's get it done then. oh a couple of last questions for what is your predictions for the team this year i don't know if i can give that away okay. i i our prediction my prediction is that we uh week in and week out we we give the best that we can give and the vikings will be loved at the end of the day okay. i that's all i can hope for whether whatever the outcome is Every, any given Sunday is anyone's mm-hmm. game, but I got a lot of confidence in who we got. So I'm just excited to kind of see mm-hmm. what happens, how, how the ball rolls, and how we go out there and execute. You excited to wear, like, the new throwback jerseys? Yeah. I'm a big fan of them. I guess because, like, the, obviously the Randy Moss, Chris Carter era, we sell vintage clothing in here, so we sell yeah. a lot of those jerseys. It's super cool to see, like, like Jefferson's name on the back of them or even, like, a Madison's name on the back of them. Like, it's when it used to be AP and Randy Moss. Yeah. Like, seeing, like, the new school guys that, like, new were school, currently rocking watching. The old school. Rocking the old school. And it looks, they look really, like, they're really oh, close. They're like, and they're not, like, far off. It's, like, where they butchered it. Like, they did a good job yeah. from the pictures I've seen. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's going to be fire. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited like to every put those week on. Thing? Or is that, like, a, like a special no. thing? Because I know they're debuting it on against the, the Buccaneers. But I don't know if it was like an every week thing or if they're still gonna. No, I think we still have our our regular ones, but I think we can just now rotate them in. Yeah, like I think depending on the want, game, yeah. yeah. Whenever instead of it just being because um oh the primetime purple, so like our primetime yeah uh, color rush games. I love color rush. We games. only do those for primetime games, mm-hmm. but I think this one is gonna be more one that we can switch in that's not just like, yeah, a, specific just like a, game. a normal jersey yeah all right last question for you why should i draft you for my fantasy football league because i will go crazy for you awesome. specifically for you i got you okay <laughs> I'll make it happen. um anything else you'd like to add in here anything i forgot to ask about anything you want to, um, any message you want to spread to finish this off man just you know appreciate you for having me appreciate you for letting me come on here and experience this and, and 
water wave TV is uh, something I think everybody needs to get on the wave. And mm-hmm. I'm just excited for uh, your future. I'm excited for my future. And I'm excited to watch you play yeah. this year, man. Appreciate that. And everybody, just remember you're born with a gift. Mm-hmm. Find your gift. Use it to shed some light in this world. And it wouldn't be right if we didn't finish it off. Skull. 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 Subscribe, like, yeah. share, all that. Alex Madison about to have 50 touchdowns this year, 12,000 yards. Super yes, Bowl sir. bound. We out here. Yes, sir. Thank you. My guy. Yeah. Appreciate Fire. It.